the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Are you ready for some football? Yep, nothing's out of bounds here on the John Steigerwald Show. Uh, Yesterday, we had the bishop. Uh, Bishop David Zubik on uh, to talk about a crying statue of the Virgin Mary. And today, here we are, we're going to talk a lot of, uh, well, we're going we're gonna to have a lot of football references. Uh, although training camp does open next Wednesday for the Steelers, we're, we're not going to be talking about X's and O's. It will, unfortunately, be football and sexual assault and football and the national anthem. The uh, anthem is back in the news, and there are signs that it's going to get ugly before it gets better. Uh, and we're going to talk about that in the second half hour. We also are going to sneak in between this stuff. Uh, we're going to talk about you getting in a a pod and going 500 miles an hour between Pittsburgh and Chicago and getting there in 48 minutes. Uh, that may happen in your lifetime. I don't know if it'll happen in my lifetime. I don't know if it'll happen in anybody's lifetime, but they're talking about doing it. And we'll talk about that uh, in the middle segment. And, uh, you know, when's it going to get here? What does it mean? And uh, will it work? And, of course... I don't know if anybody knows this yet, but who cares, right? How much it's going to cost. That's never <laughs> – nobody worries, seems to worry about that. But anyway, uh, as I said, the uh, the national anthem is back in the news, and there are signs that it's just going to get ugly before it gets better. We'll talk about that coming up at the end of the show. Um, but sexual assault by football players has been a big problem on college campuses, uh, especially at Michigan State, where there were so many accusations that there were lots of people calling for the coach to be fired at one point. And – um, there are lots of accusations, and of course they are only accusations, and they they don't go to trial very often. They are adjudicated, if that's the word, by the school, by the college, and uh, law enforcement doesn't get involved, and therefore the people who are accused don't get the same protections that they would get if they were facing the law, facing the government. So, uh, and there's a Really ugly story in Detroit uh, that involves a, a wide receiver, and uh, we're going to talk about that. And I'm going to keep it short here now. I want to take the break soon because I want to have some, uh, you know, a little extra time to talk about it before we have to break at the bottom of the hour. But uh, it has been a big problem, especially at Michigan State, where there were so many that they were there were uh, people talking about having the coach fired because. That it kept popping up, and a team doctor with the Michigan State women's gymnastics team—you may remember this—just a couple of months ago uh, was sent to prison for a hundred years or so for assaulting girls on the team over a twenty-year period. But how would you like to be accused of any crime when the standard for your guilt is not uh, beyond a, sh- a reasonable doubt? It's whether it appears more likely than not that you committed the crime. Not just you're in, you're on trial for murder, sexual assault, something very serious, and that's the standard that the that the people who are accusing you uh, has to go by. Um, is the, whether it appears more likely than not, a kid at Michigan State was convicted not by the government, but by the university on that basis, and it cost him his degree and a job in the NFL. It's a pretty disturbing story, and we're going to talk about it with a guy who covers it for the Detroit Free Press when we come back. God made our bodies complex. It's like peeling back the layers of an onion. If you're not well yet, then you just keep thinking, what else can that be? At the Medicine Shop in Oakmont and Penn Hills, 
Nurse practitioner Joyce Gibb continues to peel back the layers to better health with solutions like high-quality nutraceuticals. Just as an example, you can't make vitamin C, and that's a great detoxification agent. It helps boost your immune system. Vitamin D, it hits over 900 parts of your DNA. And many people in Pittsburgh, since we don't live in Florida, doesn't have the sun exposure. And I've only seen one person that had a normal vitamin D level. Range on the lab is 30 to 100. Our goals would be 50 to 70 or 80. Almost everybody needs vitamin D supplementation. Give your body what it needs on the road to better health with high-quality nutraceuticals from the medicine shop. Call for a consultation today, 888-865-9595. The Medicine Shop, 888-865-9595. How much do you spend on your pest control each year? $200, $300, or even $500 or more? What if I said you could spend less than $25 a year, even less with promo code RADIO20? Then listen up. G'day. I'm Scott from Plug-In Pest Free, and yes, it is possible to read your home or business of unwanted pests for less than $25 per year. The answer is Plug-In Pest Free. Our bestseller, the Plug-In Pest Free Pro, will cover up to 4,000 square feet. Now that's fair income. For just a one-time cost of only $249, even less with promo code RADIO20, you'll be pest-free for years to come. Log on to gopestfree.com today. Use promo code RADIO20 and start driving those pests away. Don't spray and regret. Plug in and forget. Gopestfree.com. That's gopestfree.com. Promo code Radio 20. Hi, it's Hugh Hewitt. You know, we all talk a lot in America about security, and rightly so, but one thing we don't focus on nearly enough is our financial security. That's why I want to tell you about my friend Kevin Bach at Integrity Retirement Solutions. Kevin has spent more than a quarter of a century helping the people of Pittsburgh build a better, more confident retirement. He does that by focusing on the different parts of your financial life, income planning, tax planning, health care planning, even legacy planning. All of those things need to work together for you to have a more secure financial future. Call Kevin at 724-837-3553. 724-837-3553 to see if he can help improve your financial future. Call today for a complimentary consultation at 724-837-3553 or online at integrityretirementsolutions.com. That's IntegrityRetirementSolutions.com. Hugh Hewitt was compensated, and his opinions are his own. Integrity Retirement Solutions is a financial services firm that offers a broad array of products and services, including insurance, licensed in Pennsylvania. You work hard to recruit the best talent for your business, so you understand how important benefits are. Today's candidates are looking for more than just insurance and retirement accounts. They want benefits they can use every day and perks that help them achieve that all-important work-life balance. With Veridesk Standing Desk Solutions, you can create the healthy office culture they're looking for, where employees can move more throughout the day, so they're happier, healthier, and more productive. The new Veridesk ProDesk 60 Electric is the perfect way to create your active workspace. It's a commercial-grade electric standing desk that lets you sit or stand with the touch of a button, and it assembles in under five minutes with no need for professional installers or labor costs. The ProDesk 60 Electric ships for free. And thanks to our 30-day guarantee, if you don't love it, we'll pick it up for free. To learn how you can try the ProDesk 60 Electric in your office, visit veridesk.com slash radio. That's V-A-R-I-Desk.com slash radio. The John Steigerwall Show, AM 1250, The Answer. I think most people, when they think of Title IX, they think of equal sports opportunities, maybe equal facilities for girls in high school and college. It is about that, but it's about a lot more than that, actually. Uh, Nobody knows that better than Keith Mumphrey, a wide receiver who was good enough to make it in the NFL, and now he's out of a job because of Title IX. He's a victim of triple jeopardy. He was cleared of a sexual assault uh, accusation twice. But they got him on the third try, and when NFL training camps open next week, he won't have a job. Chris Solari has been covering the story for the Detroit Free Press. He's here now. Chris, thanks for being here. And you, uh, thanks for being here. And you are from Butler. That's correct. Butler High graduate and uh, went to Michigan State and have been covering the team now for off and on for about 25 years. Wow. Uh, in East Lansing, so. No, you've been out there for a while. Um, yeah, yeah, quite a bit. Well, the headline on the New York Times story that where I first saw this, uh, quite a, well, probably back in May, 
Um, the headline on the New York Times story was Triple Jeopardy in College Sexual Assault Case Ends an NFL Career. Is that or was that a fair and accurate headline at the time, and is it still? Well, it, it depends on how you look at it. I mean, that's clearly a story that was coming from Keith Mumphrey's defense team. Um, when I broke the story uh, last May, would have been May of 2017, uh, I reached out to Mumphrey's age, the Texans, uh, and no one had comment on it, um, including Mumphrey's representation. Then there was no lawyer at that point to represent him. There was no lawyer or a name even for the victim. Um, what you had was a police report um, that broke down the sexual assault, and that's normally not enough to go with a publishing uh, story. But what happened in that was there was an addendum to that case uh, that the university put in, the university police put in, that Mumphrey had been expelled from his graduate program and that he also had been banished from campus. So you had two sep- two different things that make it maybe different than a normal sexual assault police report that doesn't go to charge. You have uh, an athlete who was whose eligibility had finished uh, and was banished from campus. So you had a police action and you also had a university action of expelling him from the school. Uh, it, it's a really complicated case, too, because it was, he was cleared by the, the, the prosecuting attorney, the county prosecuting attorney, and no charges were brought. It went through the 09 process, and he was not found culpable. Um, but Michigan State has been on a federal watch list along with a number of other schools. I think it's now somewhere in the, in the 100 to 200 range of schools that are on a watch list about how they've handled Title IX cases. And after the story published, what we found out, uh, what his attorneys uh, in the past month or two when they filed that suit against Michigan State brought out is that Mumphrey was never, uh, he, he, this case was reopened, um, which is a very rare thing. And it's, it's a very, it's, it's kind of a sketchy thing with how Michigan State was re- handling some of those cases and reopening them, um, which again, a year ago, we didn't hear about this stuff, but now a year plus later, and Mumphrey's not getting an NFL job, we're starting to hear more and more details come out about it. Uh, it's a very challenging situation, though, and it's, it's clearly one of those he said, she said, um, differing, very differing stories. Um, the girl called her father and immediately, immediately after the encounter and went and got a rape kit, Keith Mumphrey, uh, according to the police report, went and got a slushie uh, at a gas station. So, I mean, you could see the disparity there. If something happened, someone doesn't know. Someone was reading it the wrong way between that. and Just a mess of a case. So, why is it, uh, what does Title IX have to do with it? I mean, for people so, who don't is, understand how that, you know, right. people think that's about having, you know, the same number of sports teams for women that you have for men. It's a little bit more complicated than that. Yeah, yeah, and it is. That's part of it. That's a facet of it. And the Title IX process in this is that you're supposed to have an opportunity to confront uh, someone you accused of. Yeah, we, we'll have to call him back. Sorry about that. We got somehow as he got disconnected. We'll uh, we'll get him back on the line. Uh, you know, it is it's a it's a an issue that involves uh, Title IX and. As I said, people think that that's just about equal opportunities, but Title IX means that the the government has to come in and take care of cases like this and make sure that there's equal treatment for women and that they are being um, the, the, this stuff is adjudicated correctly and that uh, it, it's not sloughed off. I mean, it, that's a that's a um, a strange way of putting it, but that's that's what happens, and and it's it becomes the college basically trying the kid instead of the law, which is the problem. We got Chris back again. Uh, sorry about that, Chris. You back? Yeah, I'm back. Yeah, I sorry. thought that was me. So. No, I, my, I, don't th- I don't know where it happened, but uh, we got you. We got a nice loud dial tone in my ear, but now we got you. Uh, so okay. try that again. The, just the, the Quickly, just the Title IX, how that's involved. I tried to explain that it's, you yeah. know, how it works, and I probably didn't do a very good job of it. Yeah, it, it, it's a different process than it is for the criminal process. The criminal process is based on, you know, reasonable doubt or you, the, the guilt beyond a reasonable doubt. And, you know, to bring charges, you have to have a preponderance of evidence that, you know, the, the county thinks you're going to be able to prosecute this. Uh, the Title IX process is more of a civil-based preponderance of evidence, 51% probability. Um, you know, there's something that happened. 
um, which way does it lean? So it's it's a little bit different in that respect from the the, the criminal process. It's also it, it's meant to give uh, equal access to in, and prevent sexual harassment, sexual assault, a number of, of, of different things, just domestic disputes between men and women in campus situations, which could be anything from you know boyfriend girlfriend situation to a professor. Um, trying to do things to a student. So, I mean, there's a, there's a number of things that this covers, not just simply the sexual assault component. And it's interesting that it's a Title IX case, and Mumphrey, is, at least he was, I assume he still is, he was claiming in this lawsuit that, that the whole process was, quote, motivated by anti-male and anti-male athlete discriminatory bias, whatever that means. Uh, I guess it's out well, there. Well, see, and that's the thing that's, that's kind of There's a couple things that that I think his defense attorney had brought up that are a little bit amiss. One, he, I think he tried to tie it to the Larry Nasser situation, but the Mumphrey thing uh, happened um, and was adjudicated through the campus court system well before the, the first stories on Larry Nasser came out. Uh, and second, I mean, this is there were other cases that were opened that, that, that were reopened by the university and either tur- overturned or upheld uh, in that same time frame, after the, the federal investigation into how MSU was handling it, there were other cases that did not involve athletes. So this wasn't just a, a singular situation meant on Keith Mumford. There were other cases that had been reopened. Now, the question, though, is did Michigan State have the jurisdiction to reopen those cases? Did the, the, was that after the fact, if you've already handled those cases, can you reopen them again and have a different outcome? So let's describe what happened to this guy and why it was referred to as triple jeopardy. He he gets uh, he is charged with sexual assault by this woman, and he's cleared by the university process. Uh, and then he she appeals that. And and, and the the point here being that if it's the the law, if it's the government charging him, he can't be charged twice because that's double jeopardy. If you're exonerated, that's the end of it. So he goes for the second time. He wins the case again, is what I understand, and then on the third time, they try to uh, contact him to let him know that she's appealing it again. How I don't know how many times you get to appeal it, but she appeals it for the third time. But well, somehow, was, actually, she did not appeal it. That was that was when the the case was reopened by the university, and I believe uh, that, oh, okay. that it was one of, one of a number of cases that were handpicked. And I think the only one involving an athlete. So it was reopened, but not by the law, by the university. But but Correct. he, but he they, there was some issue about him. Uh, Mumphrey, the kid uh, who was accused, not being made aware that he was being accused for the third time, or have to have to defend himself for the yeah. third time, and so then he yeah, and that's, he just finds out really later on that it happened that he's that he's guilty. Yes, they they re- apparently reached out to him according to his attorney via email to let him know that this was happening, and he apparently did not check his email. Now, if you know a high profile athlete, you have a way as a university to contact that person. I mean. The, 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 now, this is where the case gets really interesting. So Mumphrey is suing Michigan State, but the girl involved in this also is suing Michigan State. So Michigan State's getting sued on both ends of handling of this case. Um, you know, the girl is suing based upon uh, the initial handling of it, um, essentially saying that they would give them preferential treatment um, and w- was mishandled, and you know, along with another other cases. And Mumphrey's suing for basically the same thing. So it's it's, it's, when I talk about it being a difficult situation to, to kind of gauge where the truth is, I mean, it's going to come out in federal court one way or another. Um, you know, whether I think both sides have pretty interesting, compelling cases based on all of this. Um, and, and the girl was contacted, I, I, from what I understand, the girl was contacted from the university that the case was reopened. So it wasn't an appeal on her end on this. And she had no legal representation when she went through all this process. Um, from what I've gathered, she's, she did all of that herself at first. Um, and now in this process, now that we're at this point where you're talking federal lawsuits from both parties, now the girl has representation legally. And I, my problem would be with uh, – my question would be, when is someone going to just look at the what's wrong with a college, a university, having the power to destroy somebody's life like this and by having been given – Almost the power of the government of uh, of being able to put someone on trial. It, it, it doesn't make any sense to me. That this doesn't seem fair to me. It's a fair question. I mean, you know, there, there needs to be some sort of of I don't know reconfiguration of it because you know I, I believe that there are a number of women that don't feel that there's any uh, 
justice in the process in the first place. Now, does that mean you have to have a separate process? Probably not. But, you know, it's really, you know, you're talking about a University of Michigan State that's had issues with the Title IX process. Um, I think since like 2014, they've been dealing with with issues involving how cases are handled. And there's been a number of things involved uh, since that Mumphrey case in terms of different accusations against different athletes at Michigan State, um, the Larry Nassar situation, all these things together, I, I think, especially when you're talking about federal lawsuits, I think these federal lawsuits uh, from the women's side are showing that, are trying to show that there's a culture problem at Michigan State and that things are, are being handled differently because of the athletes. So, But at the same point, does that render it in the Title IX process or is that something that's completely separate. I mean, it's going to be an interesting couple months following both of those court cases as they kind of collide at the same time. And um, we're, we're, we're talking to Chris Solari of the Detroit Free Press. I, I, you know, I, it, it, it'd be like saying, well, there's been a lot of, there have been a lot of murders in that neighborhood or a lot of uh, sexual assaults in that neighborhood, and you're accused of sexual assault. So, eh, you know, all, the only thing we need to do here is prove that it more likely than not that you did it, and your life's going to be ruined. That's pretty much what happened to this kid. And as far as I know, the, the, the guy deserves everything he's getting because maybe he is guilty, but I don't know. But I hope I'm never put on trial yeah. uh, on the basis of whether it was more likely than not that I committed a serious crime. I, I hope that I never think, happens to me. I think the me. biggest question, too, is you know when there are not tri- – and I think this is where the big question is. If there are not criminal charges filed, how can that proceed within the, the campus system? You know, should that be the benchmark? Should it be if you are charged with something, uh, if you are not charged with something? Um, if that's the case, if you're not charged with it, why should it proceed through that Title IX process? That's, it's a really gray area, and I think that, you know, the, when we talk about what we're dealing with, I think a lot of number of legal scholars are going to be looking at it. I know that there's been, you know, Betsy DeVos and the, the, the yeah. education department has been following this extensively. She obviously is from Michigan and she knows all the players in, at Michigan State um, in terms of and when I say players I'm talking about like the high profile presidents and alums and donors so um, that is something that is it is not just on the radar here in East Lansing but I think it's on the radar in Washington DC as well this case and this kid uh, uh, Mumphrey Keith Mumphrey uh, not a bad kid apparently at least no, uh, no other arrests no. uh, a good student and all that stuff and he's a great story. I mean, as a kid who came from Georgia, um, you know, they happened to find him while scouting someone else. And, you know, I, I take that back. He, he and Dark Denard were both being scouted at the same time. Uh, they just stumbled onto these guys and through the relationships and really blossomed at Michigan State. And I, I never had a problem with the kid. I thought he was a good kid, humble kid. Um, but, again, you know, you start – dealing with things like this, it's, it's a little different than, than what you deal with on a locker room or at a media level. You know, uh, you know, it's hard to gauge that when you've never seen someone interacting like that. But I've never had any problems with Keith Mumphrey whatsoever. Real quick, what's the, what's the public opinion up there about on this case? On this case or everything else? No, well, the, on, on well, everything. Michigan yeah. State's in trouble, but just this case. Well, yeah. Well, this case in particular, I think, has been kind of overshadowed in a lot of ways because of how everything transpired with Larry Nassar over the last six months, seven months, um, how the, the investigations at ESPN had into Tom Izzo's program, Mark Antonio's program with sexual assaults, um, how that popped up. Uh, the Mumford case has been kind of, I don't want to say forgotten, but it's been on the back burner quite a bit until these two federal lawsuits came out uh, within the last two to three months. Um, I, I think that people are, are, you know, questioning it because, it, on both sides, and, I, and it may sound a little wishy-washy, but I think that's kind of what's going on across the board with Michigan State. You do have both sides, but you have the people that are saying, well, the women aren't, aren't getting the justice. Just look at the Larry Nassar situation. They were squelched for years. Um, and then you have the people on the other side who are saying this athlete went through the process. It found, it, it found that he was cleared um, and he was vindicated, but then it turned against him. That's not right either. So hey, good- I you know, when I say it's a mess up here in East Lansing, it really is. Hey, Chris, I appreciate you taking time from your vacation. It's a really uh, great and a sick story, and uh, I hope you enjoy the rest of your vacation. I'm sure this is not the end of this story. Thanks a lot, man. <laughs> nope, I got it. Take care. Okay. That is Chris Solari of the Detroit Free Press. That's a pretty disturbing story there on all from all angles. And we'll come back and talk about something a lot less disturbing 
Uh, how about you taking a ride to Chicago in 48 minutes? With SRN News, I'm Keith Peters in Washington. Authorities say the final four people missing since a boat capsized on a lake in southern Missouri have been found, raising the death toll to 17. Stone County Sheriff Doug Rader says he's thankful for the quick aid rendered by responders aboard the Branson Bell, a dinner cruise ship that was nearby. I had a Stone County deputy that was on the Branson Bell doing off-duty security. Um, he was involved in a rescue. There was employees of the Branson Bell that jumped in and helped with rescue. And there was even passengers that was getting on the Branson Bell assisted in rescuing people. The ride the, buck, uh, ride the Ducks boat sank Thursday night in the Lake of the Ozarks near Branson after a fierce storm arose. The victims' names haven't been released. On Wall Street, the Dow down by six points. The Nasdaq dropped five. The S&P lower by three. Oil up 85 cents to close at $70.31 a barrel. This is SRN News. How much do you spend on your pest control each year? 200 300 or even $500 or more? What if I said you could spend less than $25 a year, even less with promo code RADIO20? Then listen up. G'day, I'm Scott from Plug-In Pest Free, and yes, it is possible to read your home or business of unwanted pests for less than $25 per year. The answer is Plug-In Pest Free. Our bestseller, the Plug-In Pest Free Pro, will cover up to 4,000 square feet. Now that's fair dinkum. For just a one-time cost of only $249, even less with promo code RADIO20, you'll be pest-free for years to come. Log on to gopestfree.com today. Use promo code RADIO20 and start driving those pests away. Don't spray and regret. Plug in and forget. Gopestfree.com. That's gopestfree.com. Promo code RADIO20. Dennis Prager. Dennis Prager Show. One of the reasons that there are no competing goods for the left on this issue is they don't really care if we are inundated with illegal immigrants. That's one reason. Another reason is everything is seen in the prism of how can it hurt this administration. The Dennis Prager Show, weekdays at noon, right before Michael Medved at 3 on AM 1250. The Answer. This is Chris Abernethy of Abernethy and Hagerman. A state administration isn't something we do on the side. It's the heart and soul of our practice. Any attorney can write a will, but we have the experience to administer your estate plan properly to achieve the goals we all share, to protect your assets, minimize taxes, and ensure your inheritance gets to the ones you love. How you get there is specific to your situation. So let's talk. Abernethy and Hagerman, legal help that lasts a lifetime. Visit a-h.law. Don't pay double for your next home improvement project. Many companies are simply asking too much for windows, siding, and doors. You need at least three estimates. Just make sure Windows R Us is one of them. With over 50 years of home remodeling experience, Windows R Us is more than a window company. They're the area's premier exterior replacement company for roofing, siding, doors, gutters, even shutters and downspouts. You'll love their no-pressure sales approach, straightforward menu-style pricing, and the absolute fastest turnaround in the business. Windows R Us offers multiple financing options and will match any competitor's price. No hidden costs or final invoice surprises ever. And their no-loophole, full-lifetime warranty covers everything, including labor and glass breakage at no additional charge. Mention AM 1250 and get an exclusive 10% discount for listeners of this station only. Why pay double? Before you buy, visit windowsruspittsburgh.com. They're more than a window company. They're the area's premier exterior replacement company. windowsruspittsburgh.com. The American Red Cross urgently needs blood and platelet donations and asks donors to schedule an appointment to give now. Every two seconds, someone in the United States needs blood. Your blood donation is critical and can help save lives. Please, schedule an appointment today. Download the Blood Donor app, visit redcrossblood.org, or call 1-800-RED-CROSS-TODAY. You can make a difference. Stuck in traffic? We've got the answer been a very busy afternoon and the delays continue if you're outbound on the parkway east very heavy boulevard of the allies out to edgewood swissvale and it's a slow ride on the outbound side of the parkway west parkway center drive to carnegie and inbound from green tree to the fort pit tunnel also seeing some delays outbound over veterans bridge just some volume there north on 79 near warrendale bain road there's an accident and in west mifflin a crash on lebanon church road i'm jenny robinson on am 1250 the answer am 1250 the answer 
Weather. A mixture of clouds and sunshine this afternoon with a thunderstorm in spots, a high 85. Then tonight, a shower thunderstorm might linger into the evening. Otherwise, partly cloudy, low 65. Tomorrow, rather cloudy, not as warm, but still humid. A shower thunderstorm around as well with a high of 78. On Sunday, mostly cloudy and humid, a couple showers and thunderstorms and a high of 80. I'm meteorologist Sean Tremont on AM 1250, The Answer. This is the John Steigerwald Show on AM 1250, The Answer. So imagine that you worked in town, or maybe right here where I am right now, at uh, Parkway Center in Green Tree, and you had a lunch meeting with somebody in Chicago, and you could work a little in the morning, and then do lunch in Chicago, and be back to work in time to work the rest of the afternoon. That could actually happen someday if something called the Hyperloop becomes a reality. Ed Blazina covered that story for the Post-Gazette. Ed, thanks for being here. Thanks for having me, John. So uh, what is a Hyperloop? The engineers don't like this comparison, but think of a bank's pneumatic tube when you go through the drive-thru. Yep. It, it works exactly like that. But only they suck all the air out so that there's no friction in the tube and use a magnetic force to propel the cars. So there's no fuel involved? Basically, a little bit of electricity, but not nearly as much as the electric Tesla car. Wow. And so, and when is this supposed to become a reality somewhere on the planet? The first place it will probably be developed is in India, between Mumbai and Pune, because they have the money over there. Mm-hmm. And they probably have more virgin territory to work through. They don't have nearly as much problem with rights of way for right. the track facility. Well, that'll be convenient for me the next time I go over there to Mumbai. Mumbai, it'll be... <laughs> If I want to make that trip. Um, but, I mean, what's what's happening there? It's like individual, you, you, you jump in a pod, a single a single passenger, and then it it's, zips you along like you're, like, like you're a, a deposit slip headed for the bank, and you go 500 miles an hour? It doesn't have to be a single passenger. It can oh. take as many as 25 to 40 passengers. In one pod? In one pod. Oh, okay. Uh, the pods are... About the size of a small airplane. Okay. Without the wings, of course. Right. And, and, and they... Go ahead. They would move through a tube that's about 11 feet in diameter. Okay. And... Can go up to 500 miles an hour. Technically, on a straight course with no stops, can go as much as 700 miles an hour. Wow. But, of course, when you put mountains in the way and curves in the path, it goes a little slower wow but that but but it's that's um it's got to be an interesting feeling I, I i know they have a test uh run of it somewhere in, in nevada is it yes uh but Just I mean, outside of apex nevada i visited there back in may oh they let you ride on it <laughs> no <laughs> is, they, is they anybody riding on it yet it. no oh. they have not tested it with human beings and they say there's no need to they say nothing special happens with people that doesn't happen with whatever else they have on well, there. I don't know about you, Ed, but there would be a need to if I'm going to get on it. You know, before, <laughs> I'd like to see a couple of humans ride before I do. I don't know about you. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. And they will have humans use it before it actually goes into commercial operation. There's no need to, they say, to have that during the test operation. In and, fact, the chief engineer, gentleman from Pittsburgh originally by the name of Rob Ferber, went into a rant against the folks at Uber for using people while they're still doing testing. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, and how much has anybody talked about what it will cost and who's going to pay for it? That, of course, is always the key. Mm -hmm. The plan and hope is that they can get it down below the cost of airfare. Okay. So it would be not only quicker, but less expensive and take you point to point rather than leaving you 25 miles outside of the city you're going to. Yeah. And, and I wonder if they'll make you take off your shoes before you get in it, because, you know, that that'd be one reason to, to take that instead of putting up with what you have to at the airport. If you could just get on it and go, you know, it could really hurt the airline industry. 
Um, my guess is they probably have some kind of similar security. Yeah, that probably can't avoid it. But um, now you say it might be cheaper than flying. Uh, I remember as a kid. I don't know if you go back this far, but as a kid, hearing all about the monorail here in uh, Western PA was going to change how people get around here. And they even built a small version of the system at South Park. I don't think the tracks are still up there now. They were up there forever, and it never went anywhere. Is this idea, um, yeah, I mean, what, what are the chances of this happening? Did you get any feel for that from talking to these people? Well, the folks behind it are big money people who don't like to waste their money on investing in bad projects. Uh, the folks from Virgin, Richard Branson from Virgin, yeah, is uh, one of the main investors oh, in this okay. He's got some big bucks. They have 200 employees in California working out the technical aspects of this. They say the technology for moving the pods is an absolute given. They have no problem with that. What they're working on now is more of the background systems, like ro- robots that would do maintenance mm-hmm. out on the tracks, etc. The scheduling system. And and do they? Um, uh, I'm sure that there are going to be, if there aren't already, environmental questions. Uh, there's some that's going to be disturbing something somewhere. That's what's going on now with the proposed route between here and Chicago. Folks from the Mid-Ohio Regional Planning Commission have commissioned two studies. One's an environmental study, and the other is a feasibility study. Those studies will go on concurrently for about a year, and at the end they'll be able to determine whether the path is something that's environmentally okay and whether it's feasible financially and from the path they choose. We're talking to Ed Blazina. He covered the story about the Hyperloop for the Post-Gazette. Um, is this, I mean, this is in its infancy. Would it be fair to say that, this, this, this idea and this project, or is it a little bit beyond that? And, uh, you know, is it, is it something that is, well, I guess, what's the inevitability of this? Is there any inevitability of this happening? We'll see. I would think with the money behind it that it's going to go up somewhere, and most likely first in India. Mm-hmm. They're talking about the early 2020s, so two, three years from now, they're hoping to begin construction. And here, after that, and what they're hoping is that once they get done and show it works well in India, they can then build them concurrently all over the world. Wow. I would imagine it's going to take some time to, to place the tubes from here to Chicago. That's a pretty good, what's about 600 miles or 500 miles. Um, that's got to be a major project. Where are they where are they put the tubes? They're looking now mostly along rail lines so that the rights of way are easier to get because the land's already cleared there. Railroads aren't always the easiest organizations to work with for that. Right. So we'll see what happens there. Well, um, I guess my question would be, and I don't expect you to know the answer to this, um, I wonder how much of this is going to be funded by the people who are uh, interested in doing it and how much of it is going to be funded by me and you, uh, the taxpayers. And, you know, in other words, if this were were the airplane we're talking about, uh, somebody builds the airplane and flies it and the government doesn't subsidize it, uh, you know, if it's a train, it's the the people who invented the train paid for the train. So, do these do these are these people expecting? I know they came and spoke to government officials and everything. Are they doing that just to get clearance? Or are they doing that because they want some cash? And they want and I know I mean I know they want somebody to buy their product, but are, are they going to pay point, for it? Are they going to be betting on it? I guess is what I'm asking. Probably not the highest amount. There will be a lot of partners involved in this. It will be a public-private partnership, most likely. The folks from Hyperloop One would provide the technology. Essentially, they're a seller. So it's incumbent upon somebody like Midwest, like the Mid-Ohio planners to line up investors, foundations, that, that would see this as a public good to be able to go from Pittsburgh to Chicago. Right. In less than an hour. 
Yeah, but I guess what I'm saying, and I don't, it's not a debate. I'm just, it's just an observation. It's, it's also uh, pretty good for United Airlines to be able to make money flying from Pittsburgh to Chicago, and they don't. I mean, they, the airports are built by the, the government and paid for it. But um, you know, I just wonder if this is going to be a, a a typical government boondoggle, and they're going to be throwing it'll be billions of dollars at it before it's been tested and. You know, why? I guess the government will be betting on it more than the people who figure to gain the profit from it. It looks like the model that they're working on is that the people developing it will sell the technology. Okay. The, so it's like if, upon if I were selling a better and bus. Foundations, et cetera, to decide they can operate that at a reasonable cost. Yeah. So it's like me selling a better bus to the Port Authority. Yes. Yeah. Um, well, it's interesting. I, I mean, you know, I'm, I'm, I'd be happy to get on it and take a ride because I never want to see an airport again. Based on, not because I have any fear of flying. I, if you got a charter flight, I'll be happy to go with you. But I, I've actually reached the point where I can't stand the the sight of the airport because of the stupidity that's involved and you know the torture that you have to go through to get on an airplane. So, if there's a now, that's the other thing. Uh, I guess uh, you know you're not going to have an airport, but you're going to have different stops, and you would there would be a station downtown, like the like uh, Station Square, and you'd go down there and hop on this thing. Absolutely, they're looking at having stations thirty to forty miles apart. But if you want to go from here to Chicago, you most likely would go straight through. Wow! In forty-eight minutes. Yes. That's amazing. Well, I, I hope it happens, and I hope I live long enough to see it. I'll take a ride on that baby. And when are you going to get a chance to ride on it? <laughs> as soon as they let me. Yeah, well, I mean, like the the one out in Vegas, uh, or out in Nevada. Is that is that uh, going to be ready to be ridden on anytime soon? I don't know that they'll ever put people in that. It only oh. goes about a quarter mile. Oh, okay. It's like a drag race. So yes. Oh, okay. So once they get a full system installed somewhere, then they would test it with people. So I guess uh, if you really want to get the jump on it, you got to go to Mumbai and, and ride on it. That's what it looks like. <laughs> okay, Ed, I appreciate you uh, explaining this to us. It's an interesting story. And uh, who knows, you know, my grandkids will be going to Chicago for lunch and coming back and finishing their day of work. That's amazing. Sounds like a great idea to me. Hey, thanks, Ed. Appreciate it. Thank you. Okay. That's uh, Ed Blazina of the Post-Gazette, and it's the Hyperloop, and it could be coming to somewhere near you. And it's a pod, and you'll, it'll be, you'll, you'll travel the same way a, a deposit slip travels into your bank account. Um, and it'll just take you to Chicago in 48 minutes from Pittsburgh. We'll be back. Are you drowning in IRS tax debt? I owe the IRS $37,000. Get ready for a toll-free hotline. Take advantage of new IRS tax forgiveness programs that may protect you from IRS collection agencies. They have the power to garnish your wages, put liens on your property, and levy your bank account. Civic Tax Relief can help protect you from the IRS. Civic Tax Relief basically represented me against the IRS, and by the time everything was completed, I didn't owe the IRS anything. Find out about the Fresh Start program that is now available through Civic Tax Relief. Civic Tax Relief's special tax hotline can help you discover all the relief programs available for free. I would recommend anyone who has a tax problem to contact Civic Tax Relief. Just call 800-316-8744. 800-316-8744. Don't wait. Call now. 800-316-8744. 800-316-8744. Thinking about life insurance? What if you could make one free phone call and learn your best price from nearly a dozen highly rated price competitive companies? Well, that's exactly what happens when you call SelectQuote Life. For example, George is 40. He was getting sky-high quotes from other companies because he takes meds to control his blood pressure. But when I shopped around, I found him a 10-year, $500,000 policy for under $25 a month. I'm SelectQuote agent Dan Savino. And believe me, if SelectQuote isn't shopping for your life insurance, you're probably paying too much. 
For your free quote, call 800-607-3551. That's 800-607-3551. 800-607-3551. Or go to selectquote.com. Since 1985, we shop, you save. Get full details on the example policy at selectquote.com slash commercials. Your price could vary depending on your health issuing company and other factors. Not available in all states. How much do you spend on your pest control each year? 200 300 or even $500 or more? What if I said you could spend less than $25 a year, even less with promo code RADIO20? Then listen up. G'day, I'm Scott from Plug-In Pest Free, and yes, it is possible to rid your home or business of unwanted pests for less than $25 per year. The answer is Plug-In Pest Free. Our best seller, the Plug-In Pest Free Pro, will cover up to 4,000 square feet. Now that's fair dinkum. For just a one-time cost of only $249, even less with promo code RADIO20, you'll be pest-free for years to come. Log on to gopestfree.com today. Use promo code RADIO20 and start driving those pests away. Don't spray and regret. Plug in and forget. gopestfree.com. That's gopestfree.com. Promo code RADIO20. You know the moment. The workday is over. Your daily responsibilities have been met. The shoes slip off and you lay back. It's that end of day. (sighs) That's the relief you'll feel when you rest on the body-soothing serenity. Made locally at the Original Mattress Factory. Relief from middleman markups and a hard day's work. The Original Mattress Factory. Thoughtfully made, honestly priced. OriginalMattress.com When it comes to selling you a mattress, most retailers are handing you a line. A long line of extra steps that drive up costs and create confusion. At the Original Mattress Factory, we simplify the mattress shopping experience by building mattresses and box springs in our own local factories and selling them direct to you. It's short, sweet, and simply makes sense. So experience more than just the mattress store. Experience an original, the Original Mattress Factory. You're listening to the John Steigerwald Show on AM 1250, The Answer. Now, by the way, I mentioned the airport stupidity. I, I knew when it had reached ultimate stupidity when I was flying on the Steelers charter and I was watching, when we flew out of the special hangar, watching Dan Rooney being told to take his shoes off on his own plane. And that's when you know that they're going overboard a little bit. Anyway, uh, you know, make sure you enjoy this weekend because it's the last weekend of the summer. I don't know if you knew that. Um, your calendar may not be showing you that, but the Steelers do report to training camp next week, Wednesday, I guess, and that's when summer ends around here. Two weeks later, uh, they play their first exhibition game, and then football is, you know, it's just kind of in the air. High schools are going to be practicing. Pitt's going to be in camp. So the NFL season is about here, and that means uh, in about three weeks, I guess, uh, maybe less, maybe two weeks because the uh, the Hall of Fame game. Anyway, the games are going to be played sooner. And you, you know what else is going to be played? The national anthem before every game. And the NFL now has a really stupid policy that's bound to make things worse. Players have been told uh, that they have two choices. They get to stay in the locker room until the song is played or they can stand on the sideline while it's being played. There's a real good chance that there's going to be more post-game discussion, at least early in the season, about who did what during the playing of the anthem than there's going to be about who did what during the playing of the game. Yesterday, the Miami Dolphins uh, stirred things up a little bit by letting their players know that they could be suspended for multiple games uh, if they show up on the field and do anything but stand up and do what you're supposed to do, stand up straight for the anthem. Somebody gave a copy of what they call their discipline doctor uh, doctrine to the Associated Press, there's a section called Proper Anthem Conduct, and not acting properly properly will be considered conduct detrimental to the club. It says, and here's a quote from that uh, thing, the players who are on the field during the anthem performance must stand and show respect for the flag and the anthem. Meanwhile, Jarrell Casey of the Tennessee Titans said yesterday that he plans to continue protesting. Uh, he's going to keep it up during the anthem and take whatever fine they lay out. He said... And this is a quote, it is what it is. I ain't going to let them stop me from doing what I want to do. If they want to have these battles between players and organizations, this is the way it's going to be. So here's the question. How long would you last in your job if you said that your boss can't stop you from doing what you want to do while you're on the job? Because that's what he's saying. I don't know how much Jarrell makes. Uh, pretty good chance that it comes to a couple hundred thousand bucks a game. 
uh, or a couple hundred thousand per anthem, if you want to look at it that way. Now, I've been saying it from the beginning. The NFL had two choices. Make the players stand and suspend them if they don't, or don't play the song. Have the guts to not play the song. Meanwhile, here's the best explanation I've ever heard for why they should stand and show respect during the anthem. It's Mark Stein talking to Tucker Carlson on Fox News a while back. The owners are actually giving the finger too, the joining hands and, uh, and taking part in this uh, subversion of a civic ritual. The reason, the justification for these uh, subsidies by taxpayers for football stadiums, which I don't particularly agree with, but the justification for them is that somehow it is a public civic event in which the entire community can participate as a community. Uh, that's the justification for these uh, uh, for, the, for these subventions which have made these people enormously rich. You can't have that. Uh, and then for these organizations to strike at the most basic civic ritual, which is standing up for the national anthem. I mean, uh, a national anthem can be a national anthem or it can be an opportunity for self-expression. But it can't be both. And, and the, and the, and the uh, subversion, the subversion of the most basic civic ritual of all by these enormously wealthy people, privileged beyond belief, is absolutely revolting. These same people will defend the hollowing out of one of the few communal acts remaining in a divided nation, and they will defend it on free speech grounds completely disingenuously. The hollowing out of one of the few communal acts in a divided nation. That's about the best description I've heard. Uh, not, nothing else matters during the anthem. Uh, if you think you're going to play it, it's, 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 if, you're, if you make the decision to play it, it's played for the reason of, of a communal act and to show that with, despite all the problems, that we can stand and sing this song together or listen to the song and just be happy that we live in a pretty good country. And that's all it's about. It's not any more uh, complicated than that. And the NFL players uh, need to figure that out, and they, they haven't yet. And it's going to be, I'm just telling you, it's going to be ugly. And it's, uh, it's going to start right with the first exhibition games in a couple of weeks. We got a couple of weeks in here. We finished two weeks of the John Stoggerwald Show, and neither one of us, neither I nor Aaron Byrne, the producer, has been fired yet. Congratulations, Aaron. And uh, we will see you back here on Monday, right here on AM 1250, The Answer. The John Steigerwall Show is a production of AM 1250, The Answer, and Salem Media Group. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.